I may never have met you. We don't go way back. Maybe we wouldn't even be friends if we did. But when you wear a mask, you have my respect. Because your mask doesn't protect you. It protects me. I wear my mask to protect you. Be New York tough. Mask up, America. Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out to practice. With your Keep learning. And this guy, Mike Adeglio. Yeah. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it. In Queens for reasons. Pro tip: Don't go to Steinway Street. I repeat, don't do it. In fact, don't go anywhere. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly video and audio podcast working our way through David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week we are up to season four, episode 17, Settling. This is Out of Practice, Oops 77, and if you're still listening to us, you are settling for us because we're the only practice podcast out there that I'm aware of. How's it going, Mike? It's going pretty good. I think we are both cowled up, as they say today. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And by beautiful, I mean it's not 1,000 degrees. It's a wonderful day to curl up with your best buddy and watch a television show from 20 years ago. It, it definitely is. It's not hot, but it is super humid. Yes, it is. My shirt tells that tale. <laughs> yeah, Jillian and I, we, we went out and ran today. When we're having to adjust to running in Astoria now, where all the people are, as opposed to Cape May. And let me tell you, uh, because we run in the industrial area way back between the Con Ed cogeneration plant and the, and the wastewater treatment center, <laughs> going from the beaches of Cape May to what we call Dead Cat Alley, is a bit of an adjustment, but we're we're doing it. We are we are keeping on. I'm still low cal Keith. I'm still going to be bad. You know, it's really funny. Is uh, you guys are running? In fact, last week I even spent a whole five minutes explaining the the physiology of the walk run method to no one's right. benefit. Of and, Jeffing. Yes, and as it turns out, not but a day later, I woke up and I was in pain. My groin slash hamstring slash quad, a pain I'd never felt before. It's a mix between a bruise and a pulled something. Your quad? Yeah, it was bizarre. Ask my wife. I'm like limping all around. There's no bruising that indicates I've I banged into something, although that's sort of what it feels mm -hmm. like. It's not a hernia. I've had one of those. It's yeah. un, 
unclear as to what I've done to myself, but I'm basically laid up. And so when I do get back into the swing of things, I think I'm going to have to be uh, walking myself. So old. Hashtag old. Come, yeah, well, I was going to say, I, th I think you banged into your old. That's yes, what's, I did. Yeah, well, uh, welcome. I can't wait for you to join the Jeffing Brigade. And that, you know, if if you if you come and do my, like, you know, chubby half walk, half run, like I'd be much more likely to run with you. You know, also, I'll point out to all of our listener at home and that one guy watching us on YouTube uh, over and over again, that... Today is a bit of an impromptu episode. Uh, it turns out some scheduling conflicts have popped up, and so we are recording about two days early for us. So if things are as crappy as usual, now you know why. <laughs> so what was our excuse last week? We There are no excuses. People know at this juncture, I think everyone knows exactly what they've signed up for. No, no. What they're settling for. Keith, oh no. We have an Advil down. We oh God, Advil, Advil cam, down. Advil cam. Ah! If you'd like uh, you to know, donate I, to the show uh, and get Keith uh, some extra Advil to get his camera <laughs> properly set, you know, oh no, oh God. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. You can do this so, is... the show notes <laughs> linked below. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Throw up the contact screen, contact screen. No, it's on a whole nother OBS thing. You know, I did, I like, I built us a contact sheet today. Okay, that's going to happen a lot. No, it's not. That was the last time I feel it. I I don't know. What, you know what it is? It's so humid that it's like the gaffer's tape starts to peel off of the camera itself that I'm holding the Advil down. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> oh, we are a charming shit show, are we not? Okay. Well, what do you say we uh, move forward with the show and talk about our... We have some communications from new friends and old. We have a new friend on Fa on Instagram, CK Golding, wrote on Instagram, I just discovered your podcast via Spotify search for David E. Kelly. My jaw dropped. What an Im immense idea. The practice is my joint favorite TV show of all time. I'm looking forward to listening to an episode later today. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, immense uh, an immense, what was it? Immense what? An immense idea. Wow. Well, I would say you have an immense undertaking to catch up to season two, ep season four, episode 16, because there are hundreds of hours of Keith and I hundreds talking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, well, we have to like get across that first threshold of making it through an episode. And then mm -hmm. at the end of that, him feeling like, oh, I want more of that. Yeah, it's unfortunate you can't go backwards in time because if you look at, and I will not display them here, the the drop-off of people who have listened to the pilot to episode two is, that is, uh, what is the word she used again? One more time. Immense. Yeah, that is an immense drop-off. That is an immense, well, I, I feel like that's pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, pilots are usually pretty bad, so I, I would actually be curious so if C.K. Golding, if you ever listen to this, if you ever get this far, I would love to know what episode you started with. Mm -hmm. Because people have different strategies uh, for beginning a podcast or auditioning a podcast. And 
And what I do is I will listen to a little bit of the pilot and then I'll listen to a little bit of the most recent episode to get a sense of like what the show is, but also like where it's headed. And then I'm a completist. So if I like it, I will go back and watch it. Yeah, it depends. From the beginning. I don't actually follow a lot of television, like sequential type podcasts. So mm. the ones I jump into, generally I'll just listen to the most recent episode. And if I like it, cherry pick the back catalog for things that might interest me. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, I'm either a sequential episode recap guy or I'm like a politics and news. So there's no point in listening to the old stuff there. So anyway, uh, welcome. I hope you uh, choose to stick around against your own best interest. Yes. And I do, I do, I do want to say, I, I want to recommend that you don't do what we've called the full Jorge which is going back and listening to all 300 hours of us talking back-to-back. Uh, -back. I feel like, you know, the world's going through enough right now. I don't think your mental <laughs> I don't think your mental state could really handle that. Don't do that to yourself. Well, speaking of Jorge, he has written in with an amazing theory. Now, last week we discussed uh, the dentist's <laughs> I was about to make fun of you for not remembering his name. His name is Henry, yes. named after Henry Winkler, the guy who played him. Uh, and we we've done three episode a three episode arc on his story where he killed a lady in his dentist chair, but there was jelly smeared all over her mouth, and nobody understands why, including the writing staff because they never explained it whatsoever. Uh, and we gave our guesses as a, as what as what caused it last week but jorge writes in as a big fan of true crime i tried to google murder cases where jelly was involved and all i could find were these and he sent some uh amazing photographs of it looks like a puppy who got into some jelly who looks <laughs> like it has been brutally murdered but it's just covered with jelly which i was really relieved to see when i clicked into that picture that <laughs> it was just jelly because that would have been very upsetting um but he, he goes into his theory. He says, as for Keith's jelly theory, which was, for me, it was there to attract the roaches that she stepped on because he was a crush person. Uh, I think it's, it's a valid point if we are to believe the jar of Welch's was brought in by Dr. Olson. But, warning, long-winded conspiracy theory ahead. While overlooking, while overthinking about this fictional case, I figured the answer to this would be found by looking into the actual murderer or the victim, Lady Stomps a lot. Interesting. If you recall, Henry's hygienist testified that several times a week she'd go into the office early and clean the victim's teeth himself, which he would later find out is in exchange for her doing the jitterbug. Yes, that's a. I wish we'd come up with that joke. Uh, of course, that was deleted, but fantastic Wizard of Oz song. We know we're dorks. Uh, it was assumed that Stephen discovered the arrangement that morning and killed her. But if he didn't snap, because this was not... But but what if he didn't snap? Because this was not news to him by then. After all, at the time of the murder, Dr. Olson was supposedly in the other room, gratifying himself, presumably with a closed door, which would make it hard for Stephen to pull all the pieces together with enough certainty to kill her. I think that, since bugs were not in his jam, Stephen had to preserve his cool and maintain Concord <laughs> until he got confirmation, maybe hearing about the woman's OCD through the grapevine. Okay, I'll stop with the puns now. Keith, don't be such a sour... 
Anyway, my theory is that Steven actually planned to strangle her next time his dad left for work early, but his rage ran so deep. Like many serial killers, he wanted her to be found with some kind of degrading factor, and that and what would be the ultimate F you to the victim, leaving her freshly cleaned mouth filled with the three worst things for your teeth, dried fruit, citric acid, and high fructose corn syrup. Either that or the Fonz can't tell the difference between grape jelly and petroleum jelly, and hey, who has time to wash their hands before giving someone CPR? That's very interesting, the sort of degradation element of it. I, I like it. That's I do like it as well. You know, there's something else that popped in my head. Thank you, Jorge, mm -hmm. for that incredibly thorough conspiracy yeah. theory. You know, it, it basically boils down to, did they either, did, did they find themselves with a giant uh, bulk order of grape jelly or did they actually place that order because it was that integral to the script since it isn't even remotely mentioned again i can't imagine they ordered all that grape jelly to put into their cabinet so my guess my newest guess keith okay is that they were on set they filmed the shots in the apartment before they did the uh the dentist's office and they opened the cabinet and they had nothing to fill it and so they're like, shit, we have to fill this with something. So they just were like, oh, we have the shipment of grape jelly or for whatever reason they had all they this grape jelly. They went to craft services. <laughs> yeah, and they filled the cabinet with it and then they had to retcon it into the episode to explain why there was 700, <laughs> 700 jars of grape jelly in the cabinet. That is the most insane theory I've had <laughs> thus far. All right, so we have now, we have blamed it on the dentist, the son, the victim, and now set deck. Yes. <laughs> well, if you have anyone else you would like to blame for the grape, mysterious grape jelly, uh, write us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or hop onto any of our social medias or leave a comment below on the YouTubes. Speaking of comments below on the YouTubes, we heard from old friend Phoenix, of course. Phoenix says, this is continuing to talk about last episode, entitled Race Ipsa Loquitor. He says, when District Attorney Bay was arguing about Henry's innocence, why didn't he raise the point that the son left no exculpatory suicide note? I considered that myself during the original episode, but I agree with the writers for not having used this as an argument. Uh, yeah, I thought, did we bring that up or was I talking? Yeah, I, I brought it up like in real yeah. time. Yeah, because I, I think that's a that is a really good point. If you're the son and you felt bad for what you had done and the fact that you had thrown your your father in prison forever, yeah, maybe leave a note. That would have been uh, you know, not leaving a note. Bit of a dick move. Bit of a laser dick move. Uh all right. So he also says it went by without notice that Mike was was grasping for Henry Winkler's character's first name. It was Henry, of course. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call his line in the opening scene a joke that was intended for laughs. It was more like gallows humor, but it sure got a good laugh out of my co-host. However, that good laugh did not make it into the final edit, Keith, so nobody knows what you're talking about. Uh, I cut out a good portion of the <laughs> laugh it. because if... Uh, I didn't want it to be assumed that I was taking the I, piss, if you will. I, well, see, I tried to save you from yourself, and you saved you 
in, from you yourself. Know, bef- I won't let it pass, though. In his previous comment about the suicide note, he does go on to mention that he thinks that that would actually minimize the the, the probable mental... Uh, that it wouldn't have accurately represented the general mental state of those committing suicide who aren't usually uh, that premeditated about it. So I think that... Right, uh, sure. In in real life, definitely. Yeah. Would it have made the episode a little more interesting? Maybe, but... Uh, well, it would have, on some level, I think, made the episode moot. Yeah, because if he'd left an exculpatory note, there's really no, no reason to go through all that rigmarole. That's true. Has anybody else chatted with us? Uh, that's what I have in front of me. And uh, Lord knows I was not captain organized today because of our impromptu episode. All right. That means it is time to hop back into the time machine to March 12th, the year 2000. And that brings us to our eternal question. What was going on? This day in the basement. Oh, this day in the basement. How I love you so. You know what? I'm going to go. I love you so much. I'm going to crop this better. I mean, no, everybody deserves a better crop. Don't you think? Yeah, there we go. Oh, ooh. boy, that was a difference that people without OCD would notice. Listen. All right. So as I've mentioned, and I will continue to mention, ah, it's all fuzzy wuzzy. And there hasn't been enough Facebook uh, I, did, I guess Facebook wasn't quite happening. This so I don't know where we were in social media in 2000. No, I, I think Facebook was 2004, maybe? It was later. It, we, di- we definitely didn't have much social media at this point. Maybe MySpace? I forget. But I did come across, I was still living at home, my original house, and I, I did come across a photograph from my on my brother's Facebook that was a picture of my sister and I taking place uh, prob- it seems to be her junior prom, so probably in April, so I'm probably a little early. But nonetheless, we're in the universe. We'll allow it. We'll allow be- it. Before I show that photograph, I want to point out, because we've just passed my what would have been my wife's 20th birthday, wherever oh, she was. Happy birthday, Jen. She says she She's was in the doing... Well, she was actually still in college, like a good person. She <laughs> was... Be, she was in West Side Story at NYU. I believe she was playing Maria, even though that probably wouldn't happen these days. Probably not, no. Um, being, uh, But I imagine she was amazing. Oh, I'm sure she was. She went on to do the tour in Germany? Is that right? Something like that. Mm. I don't know. Switzerland? I don't know. She's fancy. Uh, but anyway, back to me. Wait till... Keith, you remember my <laughs> bad haircut from a month or two ago? Oh, Oh, do I? If you could only talk to almost 20-year-old Mike, 19 years old, here's me and my sister. Oh, yes. Look at you, you little hoodlum. Doesn't it look like I'm wearing a head mic? It definitely... What were you going for? Like the little Superman curl or... I don't know Did you have like an injury? I don't know what is happening, but you can see behind my left ear there, my dad had a weird thing about doors... And so a lot of, like, the door to my basement and the door to our, like, fancy sitting area, mm-hmm. there were no doors. They were gates. So behind my left ear, you can actually see the wrought iron portion of one of the gates that <laughs> it was a very... Now, was there a reason for the aversion to doors and the love of gates? Was it to keep you from up what you were going to be up to in the basement? Yeah, or? I think he didn't want a lot of, like, uh, privacy. We weren't allowed to lock our doors. No girls upstairs. It was a very, um, 
I think you're going to do bad stuff, so I'm going to prevent yeah. that. And you know what? To his credit, that my intention was generally to do bad stuff. So, Yeah, well, my parents never had to implement the no girls downstairs because there were no <laughs> girls. So no problem. This one time my brother had a girl downstairs and I tried to hold my sister's feet and like lower her down the basement steps so that she could spy and see what was going on down there and damned if I didn't drop her and she just like <laughs> scooted down <laughs> the <laughs> steps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that is amazing. That All is right, amazing. so that's what I was doing. Keith, let's go over to the cold basement of Rochester, New York. The cold basement of my dorm room, and I actually know what I was doing this week. I was voting in Super Tuesday of the primaries of the 2000 presidential election. And you see here the on the Republican side, it was uh, W, George W. Bush and John McCain. And on the Democratic side, it was Al Gore versus Bill Bradley, the ex-basketball player. And so I was voting in the Vermont Democratic primary. And I frankly don't remember whether I voted for Bradley or Gore. Because they were both sort of like, you know, genial, moderate guys. And uh, although Gore... If we had known how awesome Gore was while he was doing this, we would have had a very different... Uh, election anyway very consequential yeah we're going to devote uh, a good portion of this day in the basement when we get to november 2000 yeah right seriously uh but in that in the in the primary in the democratic side it was really just gore versus bill bradley on the republican side it was bush versus mccain versus steve forbes and alan keys were the top four contenders at that point and if you are counting in vermont which of course i was al gore won the primary and john mccain won the republican primary in vermont so that's what was going on this day in the basement which takes us to it's time for the out of practice podcasts this day in the world the greatest hits the biggest movies headlines from vermont essential sports updates and for some inexplicable reason the weather from 20 years ago now back to <laughs> keith and mike thanks eric let's talk about march 12th the year 2000 the number one song was amazed by lone star which i hadn't I kind of missed this. You missed this? I was at opera school. I would have been like oh. beaten with shoes if I'd listened to pop music. Oh, had you had that first sort of love in your heart, that first girl that's going to break your heart, this song oh, came I, in handy. I was actively going through that at this time, but we were listening to like a, you know, a Bach cello suite instead. Well, that explains a lot. It doesn't it though? <laughs> the top movie was Mission to Mars. The Gary Sinise, Don Cheadle, and Tim Robbins movie took in $22 million. And the cover of the Burlington Free Press, of course, said Bush is victorious in the South Carolina primary. Wait, who? tell me more about that movie. I don't know that I know anything about that movie. Mission to Mars? It was, uh, it, see, it was about a movie. And with uh, Gary Sinise, Don Cheadle, and Tim Robbins, and they oh, went okay. on a mission to Mars. Oh, interesting. All right. So, yeah, so I'm assuming there was some sort of a spaceship involved. Everybody loves a Gary Sinise, Don Cheadle vehicle. Yeah, I mean, that's a good cast. Great cast. I do not believe the movie was good. I think I saw it. I don't necessarily remember. Thank you. <laughs> High praise. Very much. 
Amazed by Lone Star cover. Which, of course, now brings us to everyone's favorite segment. It's time, it's time, time, time. It's time for sports. sports. The Flyers lost to Colorado 3-1 to in Denver. Jody Hall scored the only goal for Philly. Milan Hayduk and Joe Sackick scored for Colorado. Ray Bork wore the Avs sweater after having been traded to Boston for from Boston on March 6th after playing for Beantown for 21 years. The Bruins beat Montreal 5-3 in the Molson Center. Brian Rolson and Joe Thornton scored, and Jami, Robbie Tallis got the win. You know, in sports ball a- today, I want to say, listen, folks, welcome back baseball. Opening night was last night, and tonight uh, the Phillies, that's why I got the, I'm Don and the Cat, the Phillies opened their 60-game stint this evening. Oh, well, and... Uh- and Tony Fauci threw out the opening pitch last night, and well, we all love Tony. He made an attempt. He did. Well, look, Tony Fauci is an American hero, and I, I am like, I have his back in a street fight. But my uh, mother-in-law did get in the best joke about it. He socially distanced the ball from the plate. So I wasn't planning to do this, but I ha- since we're here, I want to point this out. Let me find it first. I- I'll put it in maybe in better audio. No, I, you know, I'm going to play it just as is. No, so, we do crappy audio here. Yeah, so last night, during the ball game, what ends up happening is uh, they do like a, a Black Lives Matter tribute, which was really beautiful. They um, were all holding like a black ribbon and then they all took a knee and it was it was really powerful. But juxtaposed to that, was this guy singing the national anthem and just just wailing. I'm going to play it for you because it's that funny. I missed it, yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, there are, instead of, because there's no fans in the stadium, there are cardboard cutouts in the stands. Are they, did they so really? Is that what this, they did? Yes, so behind this like really powerful Black Lives Matter, tri- Matter tribute, this guy is wailing, as you'll hear, and there's, just like close-ups of like cardboard cutouts of like crazy fans doing this and making faces and <laughs> Nicole Kidman. You could see Nicole Kidman. It, it was absolutely insane. So I'm going to get to the good part here. Hold on. That is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, the uh, the NHL, which is the one I'm excited about, is going to do it differently than that. They, they've got sort of LCD screens where they're going to show actual fans who oh, submitted cool. videos. Yeah. All right, so hopefully fun. you can hear this. Hopefully you can hear this. Oh, yes, get it. Yes. I'll see if the camera, you know what? I'll, I'll post an Instagram of the, of the cardboard cutouts. It's, it's really crazy. Wow. Wow. Well, that was the, uh, the most prolonged sports ball. Phoenix is still <laughs> skipping ahead, trying to figure out how to get out of this. <laughs> they can't possibly be going this far. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk. Okay, this episode is entitled Settling. It is season four, episode 17. It was written by David E. Kelly, of course, and Todd Ellis Kessler, who last wrote on Committed. This is his last episode on the practice. Oh, well, we it wish was you directed, well in all your future endeavors. 
Indeed. By future, we mean the next 20 years, which have already happened. And it is directed by Arvin Brown, who last directed on Committed, which leaves us with only one question. I liked your impromptu guitar last time. What's that supposed to be? Yeah, I don't have any. What's your Jillian has all the guitars in the other room. Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does does Max Now, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Keith, we are barreling head first into the season finale, and we know that our friends over at the practice writing room like to leave us on a cliff hanging from our little fingers. Mm-hmm. So we've got to start throwing up some really dramatic types of uh, conflict, settling. Okay. I know I know we've approached this before, but here's what I think. We ended up last season with Bobby's big proposal to Lindsay, and we haven't really dealt with it much other than a couple of freakouts on both their sides. Uh, you will mm-hmm. recall the wedding dress, the if you will. Wedding dress fiasco, yes. Settling. I think either Bobby or Lindsay or both of them start to have wicked cold feet, fearing that maybe they're settling for each other. And oh, this episode is going to center around Maybe the beginning of the collapse of Bobby and Lindsay. Whoa, that's a. So, are are you predicting that Bobby and Lindsay are not fated to be fetid? I think that by the end of season four, that will be the question. The cliffhanger. The cliffhanger will be: Oh no, is the firm going to collapse because Bobby and Lindsay's romance has collapsed? Interesting. Interesting. All right. What do you think? Well, well, I think that's uh, it. It it is is certainly a a long running show's trope. Mm -hmm. Is you know you you get together, you fall apart, you get together, you question things, and you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, We are still we still have a few episodes left in season four before we get into Crazy Town. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I'm ge- very curious to see what you think of what happens from here on out and about this very episode, which is season four, episode 16, Settling, which you can hear us talk about and listen to over on your favorite podcasting service. Links below. Links and are we'll below. Be and if you're too lazy, there will be a QR code. You're looking at it right now. It'll take you right to the episode directly to when we start talking about it because I don't want you to have to do anything but sit back, relax, have a snack, and listen to us talk about a TV show that aired 20 years ago after we run this ad for Anchor that you don't have to listen to if you're on the YouTube. Season four, episode 16, Settling. Can you draft up a motion to compel on Peters? Documents? Yes. Bobby, you ready? Ready? To go to the printers for the invitations? Oh, God. Oh, it is about the wedding. Discovery's over on But we still don't have the medicals. You promised. that jerk? That client, I'm sorry. You should move for sanctions. I'll never get that. I didn't. At least try. Can you at least look? Spiffy new haircut for Bobby. Yes, on sanctions, Bobby. Embossing is nice. I didn't ask you. Bobby. You're gonna be late. Your Strauss's address. Bobby. Uh, white with the gold border. That wasn't one of the choices. That's my opinion. Doesn't mean she wanted it. White with the gold. You know, look. D- don't be Groomzilla, Bobby, again, Bobby. 
Feels like company. You Bobby, ever get baby. sanctions? Baby Bobby. Bobby, 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 Bobby. Bobby's going to his car. Oh, shit. That scared oh. the living shit out of us. There's a case. <laughs> that ain't gonna do it. There's a wall. Is that Mark Wall? Oh, my I'm God. It's clearly a Wahlberg. Which, which one? Somebody giving the Wahlburger to Bobby. Bobby Wahlburger, Bobby. Oh my God. It is a Wahlburger. A Wahlburg. And I will give you. Is it Donnie? I'm going to give you one hint. Donnie Wahlberg is acting shot. It's chops. Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block. He has this, just. Did he do Sixth six Sense yet? Because he had a big role in Sixth Sense. Uh, he had, I believe, just done Sixth Sense. He was just beginning his uh, career turn into acting. He would continue to do a gazillion episode of Blue Bloods. And he was in Dreamcatcher, the Saw series, Boomtown, and of course, the Sixth Sense. So we have a Donnie Wahlberg, a real live Bostonian here roughing up Bobby. Oh my oh. God. It looks and, like he's uh, wearing like a mechanics uniform, like a onesie type thing. You want to know why? He's rough. It, he's it's rough. almost like we planned that. You, in your head, I could see the bingo going off. You're like, oh, I got a killer joke for this. <laughs> All right. Uh, we now return you to Bobby's ass kicking already in progress. Oh. Uh, maybe you didn't he's got a gun. Huh? Take my watch. ATM cards, whatever, whatever you want. Take my watch and oh, ATM cards. Oh, I came for you. Oh shit, he came for Bobby. Oh. You know, first they came for Bobby and I said nothing. That, dot, Actually, dot, you dot, said, dot. oh shit, that scared me. That's what you said. It did it, scare me. It scared you, me. You were frightened by a <laughs> something that happened on the television network TV 20 years ago. On a tiny screen on your well, the computer. sound design was very good. It is well. I have to say that doing this, listening to TV with headphones on, really does give me an appreciation for the sound design that nobody heard on their like twenty-inch RCA TV VCR combo. Oh, they actually watch this on. Do you watch shows with the uh, closed captioning? We've had this discussion most of already. the time. Yeah, most of the I, time. I find that bizarre. Oh my God, Donnie Wahlberg! Donnie Wahlberg's house is kind of a hole. Look, I don't know what you want. Sit down. Sit your ass down. What's he, an old client? I think he's wearing the, the same, well, okay. I think he's wearing the same cross you were wearing in that picture. Why don't you call me Mr. Romeo? Okay? Mr. Romeo? Call me Mr. Romeo, did you say? Mr. Rooney? Yeah. Oh, right Mr. Before Rooney. Before you dumped my ass Rooney. in the hole for 12 years. Rooney? Yeah. Rooney. Patrick Rooney. So he's tying Bobby up. Your old client. When? 1988. Braintree. Double homicide. He looks basically exactly the same. I yeah. didn't think you'd remember. So he, got said, he deal, said he was I? put in the hole for 12 years? Yep. You got rid of me. That's what you did. What are you talking about? Shut up! Bobby was his lawyer. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Rooney. Well, I, you had a trial. It was some trial. You were really good there, too. You sat there. You He's wearing the exactly you what you were wearing in that picture. I didn't force you to take any deal. What are you talking about? You, you told me it was that or life. 
So I did 12 years for killings. Donnie, we need you at an 11, please. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of places for you to go. You've already... Oh, those seem to be and hollow point bullets. It's just That's a hunting now, rifle. It seems unnecessary when you had a handgun. Because that rifle is for shooting something 200 yards away, not Bobby across the room. Well, I think he wants to see Bobby's really head prominently displayed all over his apartment, not just Lindsay, in the ah. It's a wedding, not a Celtic game. I really don't think you should rush her. Hey! Oh hey! my God! You're not here to be helpful. You know, maybe you should. Rosie O'Donnell. Cutie patootie. Guys, it's Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, I, I don't. She's here. I don't. I, that's crazy. I I got to this point. We are four minutes in, and we have Donnie Wahlberg and Rosie O'Donnell in this episode. Wow. Holy moly! Of course, Rosie O'Donnell. You know from the Rosie O'Donnell Show, which I of course watched religiously as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Sleepless in Seattle, Exit to Eden, Exit to Eden, Tarzan, The View, and was she in? Was Jen still in Fiddler when she, she came sure in? She sure was. Jen joined the cast with Rosie. In A League of Their Own, of course. Yes. Oh, yeah. Jen so, joined the cast. She was, uh, I'd like to say she was a co-star, if you will, because Jen did go on as Chava. Uh, with Rosie. Yeah. In fact, there's, oh, a big, cool. there's a New York Times article when her and Harvey joined the cast, and it just so happens Jen was on or, or happens to be in the picture, so Jen's in the New York Times with Rosie in the... Very nice. Apparently, she loved our dog at the time. Oh my God, Jen, turn on your mic and say hi. The our our assistant to the office. Actually, manager I, you here. know, it turns out Keith. Before you, while you're doing that, Jen, I want to say I I looked at some paperwork and I found out that we were talking about potentially uh, making intern giving her a promotion. And then I checked my prenup that I signed. I signed without oh. looking at it because, you know, I'm broke, so I didn't feel like I'd be really losing anything. Turns out the only stipulation in the prenup was that I uh, handed over any and all financial stake in any and all podcast profits for any future podcast endeavors. So it turns out not only is it no longer intern Jen, it's co-founder and CEO Jen. CEO Jen. Oh my goodness. Goodness gracious. Wow, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the promotion. <laughs> it's an honor and a privilege, really. So yeah. Would you like to share any stories of Rosie or by any? I mean, just one. Pick a good one. And uh... she was so nice. She was awesome. She used to have every Friday we would go to her dressing room and she had freebie Fridays and she would give us all gifts to the whole cast. And oh, my God. Koosh balls? So nice. We had a lot of koosh balls, some Crocs. We all got Crocs. One time. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and she, one, I remember she, you know, she loves, she loves Barbara Streisand. She, all, she gave us all like a box set of like Barbara's greatest hits, like a whole collector's box set type thing. Oh my so God. nice. So cool. Yeah. Who doesn't love Rosie? I know. I'm excited for this episode. I know it's, it's, I was so like, wait, is that Rosie O'Donnell? And of course, like I'm a big, you know, I, I have always been a fan. From way back in the day. How cool. Did so, you see the reunion a, they did at the beginning of COVID? Of oh, the, the Rosie oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah, the benefit. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah, so that so oh so you you came in with Har with Harvey and Rosie. Yes. At the at the Minskoff. At the Minskoff. Oh, I'm sorry I missed you. Yeah, she it was great. She was great. They were really funny together. 
Well, that in the was future, quite the future, Keith, there, uh, Jen is on that. It turns out that they recorded it for Lincoln Center when Rosie and Harvey and Jen were in. Alfred Molina, not so much. Well, I think I think they may have recorded it in the beginning as well. I'm not sure, but they definitely recorded it um, one of our last uh, performances. Have you gone back to see it? I haven't. No, I need to. Oh, we should take a road trip before we all move out of the city. We should (laughs) party at the library. I found somehow for one of Jen's birthdays some years back or anniversary or something. I explored the depths of the bootlegging industry on Facebook and found a bootleg of Jen in it, but it was done on a VHS camcorder. Camcorder. So it is. I mean, you have to just take my word for it that it's Jen. Oh, that's so funny. That that is a that's a an odd anniversary gift, but I I love it. Yeah, I I tried to find one uh, of Isby with Jillian in it, and I found a couple of, but I but she wasn't on any of the t- times I got booted. But uh, so you've interacted alas. with those folks as well. It's an interesting corner of the internet. Oh, it it is a well, it's us. Yeah, Let's you're right. It. It's it, just it's us. actually exactly us. So <laughs> we're probably right. emailing each other. Uh, CEO, I'm sure you have better things to do. Yes. Okay. Signing off. Thanks, yes. guys. Thanks, Jen. That was awesome. All right. Murmuring. I didn't know that was going to work, but it worked. Okay. Now back to your regular scheduled The Practice with Donnie Wahlberg and Rosie O'Donnell. And Rosie O'Donnell. have another customer. <laughs> Aren't you the witch? How many came to your wedding? I'm not married. Big surprise. Whoa, whoa. That's Helen weird. and Rosie do not like He's, each other. You've not seen Bobby? He hasn't shown up yet for the deposition. Well, maybe he got caught in traffic. This is the most the entire cast ago, has been in the show in quite a while. Going to Medford. Clearly Southie in Boston. You want to the tell external me shot at least. What? You're my problem. That much, I gather. Maybe you could be more specific. You know, it would be poor judgment for you to get smug right now. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's the end game here oh, for Donnie think, Wahlberg? Uh, just a scare I'm body? sorry if you felt you didn't get a fair shake. It happens sometimes. It's not a perfect system. I got news for you. It wasn't a system. It was you. You may want to think that, but... Hey, I just wanted to take the stand and tell my side of the story. But you, you wouldn't let me. I did that to protect you. To protect me? Yes, you had a list of priors. Doesn't mean I killed anyone. You take the stand, the priors come in. I wasn't on trial for my priors. It wouldn't have mattered to the jury. They just would have concluded the that... The jury should have heard me say that I didn't kill anybody. Instead, I sat there with my mouth shut on your advice. And they made their own conclusions, didn't they, counsel? So it did go through the trial. He didn't plead out. Yeah, no, he... really bothers me that rifle makes no sense for close quarters you you never even asked to hear my side of the story you didn't even want to listen there's a reason for that whatever you tell me as a client i'm stuck with it if i know you're about to lie on the stand i have a duty to go to the judge and tell him it's better in some situations for the lawyer not to hear what happened assuming that i would be lying which I wasn't. I was going to tell the truth, but you refused to believe me. Okay, Patrick. Okay. Tell me the story. 
Preferably in a black and white 90s flashback. I stayed in the car that night. Did you pack the car? Mickey went inside. And have a dad? I had no idea what he was gonna oh, do. Oh, here's the flashback you asked for. I only okay. drove him to his ex's because he said he had to get some things back from her. He told me he was gonna talk to her. It would just take a few minutes, so I waited. All of a sudden, I heard shots going off. I didn't even know Mickey had a piece on him that night. But you ran. I freaked! I turned freak, around, kid. I see Mickey come out covered in blood. I couldn't have any part of that, so I took off, okay? I'm in New Kids. Even if that were true, I, we had no way of proving it. Mickey didn't live long enough to back you. Because the police killed him. As I recall, they found... God damn it, Bobby. All that I needed was you. On your jacket next to the bodies with the mother's blood all over Mickey Bourne, my coat! I'm telling you, I stayed in the car! Okay, okay, Patrick, I believe you. I, I believe you. Do you believe me? No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, I have a Don't solution. Don't play with me. You never... We're gonna put you in a trance with a funky song. Believe That's what me. he should have done instead of hit Bobby. It strikes me that I can only think of two New Kid on the Block songs right now. <laughs> I hate that Hagentop song so much. I'm embarrassed for them. Oh, Bobby. he just smashed a Nokia phone, which I didn't think was even possible. What? I think he answered, but then it went dead. Oh, probably didn't go through. It sounded like a hollow point rifle smashing it. Star 69 it. That was big back then, the Star 69 number. Right? Rosie's this back. is wrong. It's not Mr. and Mrs. Robert Donald. It's supposed to read Ms. Lindsay Dole and Mr. Robert Donald on the envelopes. Mm. What? So she's the You're wedding planner? Yes. I'm what? You're taking it out on the envelopes. It's very common. Things will go a lot smoother with your second marriage. I heat my pool on repeat business. People actually come back to you? <laughs> what You're is hurtful. this character? And you wonder why you can't latch on to a husband. Husband. What is this character? Drug dealers. I got it. Yeah? No, I haven't heard from him. Did you try a cell phone? That's strange. Oh, okay, I'm on my way. What is it? Bobby never showed up at his deposition, and no one's heard from him. Mm. Breathing pretty heavy, Counsel. What's the matter? You scared? Isn't that what you want? <clears throat> What's on the front of the rifle? Right is that info? By accident. Or that would be ironic, tape? wouldn't it? See, I'm having a hard time living with your mistake. It's got the Advil on the end of it with tape. You certainly couldn't <laughs> live with mine. Patrick, however angry you are, you're free now. You're out. Why you throw that all away? Wait. Exactly. It was all thrown away the day that you were assigned to me. Fine, well, so now what? You're going to kill me and go back to prison? Your life you. will be over. Let me tell you something, Bobby. <laughs> the only thing that's kept me going is hate. Knowing that if I just stuck it out. Thank you all for coming. And I'm gonna, my name is Bobby, and I'm going to have to do another episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I think I can see what's happening here. So he has a, a hanger, like a wire hanger, strung around Bobby's head, taped to the end of the gun, mm. the rifle, which he is holding. 
that is an odd, uh, you know, I, to be fair, I have never held anyone at gunpoint for an extended amount of times, but this is not the first strategy I would use. Thank you all for the rifle and the hanger. Thank you all for the scare and the dagger. Thank you all, but Bobby's <laughs> not getting married today. <laughs> <laughs> I would get the a lot chance to have of musical theater references today, here. folks. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I've had to cling to for the past 12 years. That might not seem like much to most people. But for me, to have the chance to kill you... If that were it, you would have done it. Oh, it'll happen. But first, you're gonna face the facts. The facts that could have cleared me the facts that you ignored. And then I'll kill you. Okay. You know, I, I think at this point, Donnie no deserves Maybe this very important bumper for a guest actor coming in and Massachusetts. chewing the in scenery in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. You know what Bobby said to Lindsay that morning before he took out, left the office? Please don't I go, girl! <laughs> yes, you could have come in as a John name. Doe. Yes, sure. I'll hold again. No? Okay, thanks. Nothing from Mass General. Ditto at Tufts, New England. And they're still saying his cell phone is out of range and not turned on. Any news? Nothing. He hasn't shown up at a hospital. You called the police? Not yet. Why not? Lindsay, I'm on it. Get my Listen, you can't just call the police right away. You gotta go step by step. Ooh, baby. Well, excuse me. And then you have to. Lindsay, I'm on the phone with Bobby's credit card company. They're saying. <laughs> they're buying electronics, equipment, DVD Donnie's player, gonna hold us hostage. <laughs> Hello, this is Lindsay Dole. I'm Mr. Donald's fiance. Is the person using Mr. Donald's credit card still at the electronics store? Then get them to hold him. What do you mean you can't? He's got his card. Look, this is Helen Gamble of the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office. Yes, the murderous one. I need you to talk one. to your manager. Tell him to have security hold the man until the police can... Look, I, I don't can care what your policy have you is. Do what I say or I will charge you with obstruction of justice. I will murder... I mean, charge you. Give me the number you. of the store. <laughs> no, I can still remember the first time you came to see me in the lockup. You told me not to say anything to anyone. Walked in real and then Eugene beat some people up. I figured great. Let's actually that's a pretty cool thing. shot of the set dressing. Oh, oh, I'm just bouncing everywhere. Came to see me in the locker. What's happening over there? So this is like my guess is it's is like mom's old house. Please ah, hold up in. Good catch, good catch. Could be a relative. Somebody got, clearly older. Yeah, the wallpaper's peeling and like bubbling, and he's got a lot of religious the artifacts and like Hummel doll, Hummel, Hummel figurines back there. Yes, yes. He's got the uh, got the wall of uh, action figures like I do. <laughs> he walked in real sharp. We started watching Picard again. Great. Side note. Some big Harvard oh. type attorney. No problem. It's very warm, the Picard again. Did you go to Harvard, Bobby? Uh, boo. Hey. Although Jen's laughing question. in the other room. <laughs> I want the Suffolk. Suffolk. So now he's pointing the rifle and the gun at Bobby. So And the gun. It's a little bit of overkill. I, the weird contraption with his head around. The, I don't understand what 
what the what I'd like to be is. there for is when the the one prop kid who just like just got the gig rolls and he's like, look what I made. It's like it's a hanger that goes connects to the gun and go around his neck. Guys, isn't this great? And somebody had to be like, yeah, uh, okay, sure. So, yeah. So like so like all Bobby has to do is stand up and walk away, and he has a gun. Oh yeah. Well, no. That, I mean, it's held together with duct tape. I don't think it's that that secure. It's a racetrack. No, but like it's strong enough. If he stood three up and walked away, the gun bitch. would come with him. I'd kill you right now if I wasn't. He's like, let me give you the weapon. If you want what? Just shut up. Just shut your face and sit there. You'll see what. We're waiting for Joey McIntyre to come over. I told you. I told you. And I told you. I lifted the cards from the guy's wallet. Now it is me. It's fat me from high school. The <laughs> necklace. So we have like thin balding you and then fat you. If, this episode you took, is basically about you. If you took fat me and thin balding me and mated them with the Eddie Munster, you'd have this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes, this, this guy is Michael Kornakia from uh, Badge of a Quitter, Great News and the Pacellis. This guy was not in New Kids on the Block. He uh, he was not, no. It was just laying there. Lying Could have where? eaten one or two of them. Is this some kind of trick? I already Welcome said, Ray then tell us again, Mr. Franco. For the episode, by in the way. In the parking structure, on the ground, second level. And you didn't roll the guy. You never saw Mr. Donald at all. Come on, detective. You got my record right there in front of you. I boost and fence. Sometimes hey, can, can I you, cut a few Can you do checks, your accent but I don't at about a 15? <laughs> I just took the guy's cards. This is a ridiculous performance. They're like, we're gonna need more cliche. Can you? What? What else can you give us? Could you Somebody? just talk like this, <laughs> guys? Somebody, okay, I'm ready to be on the practice. I'm tough. Ah. Somebody get me a quadruple extra large leather jacket and a D and a VHS of my cousin Vinny for this guy. <laughs> oh, we just passed uh, back into the old apartment with Donnie Wahlberg. Bobby just spied a like cross and this is not a joke a cross between a walker and a commode did you see that keith yes yes if you need to uh, go on the go you don't live here do you yeah i do having trouble walking lately that's my grandfather's does he know what you're doing here no he died the week before I got out of jail. Are you too close? Are we bonding now? Ah, the hanger keeps the center of the rifle pointed to Bobby's heart. With this angle right here, if yeah. we fast forward to exactly 1321, you'll see we get the exact look at how the contraption is supposed to work. The hanger is keeping it centered on Bobby's heart zone. Can you see that? Right, but he's also there with a handgun point blank that if he wanted to, and like, it doesn't matter where it's aimed if he's away from the trigger. He's just giving Bobby a weapon. Poor design, close. poor design. Are we bonding now? Bobby sees dead people. You stay right there. Or stand up and then have a gun. I think his hands are tied, aren't they? He's gonna yes, try yes. to Hulk. Oh, he's, he's doing a Houdini. Or, uh, 
He's just trying to hulk the rope. Bobby, come on, dude. Then he tried to bite the hanger. This is great. Nobody directed him in this scene. They're just like, do whatever. Just do something. It's not like it's going to go off, Bobby. Right. It's, it's not going to go off. Oops. So what Pistol was the whip. purpose of the gun? I got nothing to lose. Yeah, you got nothing to lose, nothing. and also your. Uh, as Keith was hanging tough there, Bobby is realizing that he's not alone. There's another man tied up in the other room. Also, not in New Kids on the Block. <laughs> Played by Lawrence Arangino. We jumping to any conclusions. What does he build as? Does he have a name, or is he just dude in the other room? Before. He is Seymour. Huh. We might see more of him. Lindsay has now seen that they are taking blood samples from Bobby's car. No. I'll be all right. What do you got? Not much. Carjacking? Possible. Most of those Bobby guys told the vehicle before they kick it back and looking at the blood on the hood. I know, but I want the facts before I go there. We'll do the typing. That's one of the facts ever gotten your way, Helen but, Campbell. Hey, Eugene. Lindsay. Do you have any witnesses? We're talking to people now, but... I want to be realistic. Meaning what exactly? They're not big on neighborhood watching this part of town. Most of the guys down here, they see a uniform. They think it's coming for them. Do what you have to do to get answers. I'll look the other way if I have to. I'll kill people if necessary. Do what you have to do to get answers. The Helen Gamble yeah. story. And Bobby so, is pretty messed up, though. What's going on, Patrick? Who is he? Well, you want to know who he is? Tell him who you are. Please, I don't know what this is all about. Tell him! Seymour ah, Sternbach. Look, if I did something, I don't... enough. I don't get I can it. Definitely tell Crowborn, that, purveyor like, of exotic plants. <laughs> I could tell that uh, that Donnie here is, like, too excited to do the, the punching and stuff because he's definitely actually hitting people. Somewhere there's a stunt guy, stunt coordinator going, Shit, stop! He's like, I'm an actor now! Ah! Oh, at least he's not doing that. Like, remember that, that like cool dance they did where their legs would just like. I'm trying to demonstrate it, realizing I'm not on camera right now. Do the get on the floor and do the new kids dance is how they begin hanging tough. I think that we need to someday just break down just Keith's uh, dissection of the song "Hanging Tough" throughout this episode because it's really his disdain. I have a lot of thoughts about that song. I, I, I don't know. Let me figure out what year I wore it this came cassette out. tape out. I wore this cassette tape out. So I'm curious as to have you always had this sort of deep dis disdain for it, or has it just been this building song for 20 years? It came out in 1988. I was yep. eight years old, mm -hmm. and I already was embarrassed for them when they performed this song. You know what? Let's pull up that old bumper we haven't played in years that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Keith is pompous. Because while you were <laughs> writing a dissertation about how they should be embarrassed for writing this song, I was wearing my 80s socks in my kitchen with my little karaoke light-up mic stand, rocking the shit out of this. Hang it up! Me and my sister had choreo. We were hitting it. Oh, man. So uh, we will have to agree to disagree on your... Uh, 
your hot take of because <laughs> Mike like the song. CEO Jen, she liked it too. <laughs> What's going on? Seymour Stormbach. It doesn't ring any bells to you, Council? No, man. Bobby's been busy. This is my exculpatory witness. Bobby busy. Bobby what? busy bleeding. The man Bobby. who could have cleared me. The man that you said you couldn't find. The man that I found three days after I got out of prison. And you never even bothered to look for. Rosie O'Donnell better be the one who saves Bobby in this episode. That could save it. Kidding. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's what they think. By who? They haven't figured that part out yet. Random, would it, do they think he was the target? I don't know. Could be either. They, they really just don't know very much. Kidnapped. Yeah. So what, they expect us to get a ransom call? Kidnapped for money? Hmm. These are our only two lines know. in the show. Yeah, but Lucy at least is further along in the mystery than I most. I swear, I don't remember. You're lying. You remember. I don't. You were there, Seymour. <laughs> in the car, driving by, who would remember? Now, Keith, because there are two people, right? Mm-hmm. There are two victims, two kidnapping victims. It would stand to reason if Donnie Wahlberg has to hold the pistol at Seymour, why he made a fancy contraption to keep Bobby at gunpoint. Oh, yeah. So if he suddenly needed to aim it at Seymour? Listen, I'm really just trying to keep that that prop intern employed, okay? <laughs> remember. That poor kid had an idea and he went with it. We should commend it. Okay, fair I enough. We talked that night. Yeah, you and me. We Can you spoke. name any of the other new kids? We were looking for a parking space. JC's Chazé, or he was a different. He was different. I told you I'd just be a minute. I was only I, waiting for my buddy. I definitely can't. About your red Mustang. You now this flashback up, is so not in black and white. <laughs> Look, who's going to remember a two-minute conversation over a parking space twelve years ago? It was all uh, Joey McIntyre, totally. The very next day, Our CEO a double Wade homicide, in. right where you were, and you're going to sit here and tell me that you don't remember. We I, had we had figured that out before. Remember, we thought the 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 black and white was we were supposed to take as that person's recollection, whereas if it's in color, we we are to we are to see that it is how it actually happened. In a flashback, I know that we had talked about it. One of them we were to trust, and one of them we were to not. Let's look at the real one again. This one in color. Parking space twelve years. One in color, yeah. You saw another space open up, so you took that one instead. Look, who's going to remember a two-minute conversation over a parking space twelve years ago? It was all over the news. The very next day, a double homicide right where you were, and you're going to sit here and tell me that you don't remember. I don't. Oh. Patrick! Don't lie to me. Don't lie to Patrick, me. Patrick, you're going to kill the truth. Tell the truth. I mean, like, he's being really rough with the actual actor there. I was there. You remember talking to him? But what is telling Bobby it's, now? It, it, you can't, the you night can't of the undo murder. it. Why didn't you come forward? He's already was, been released. Look, I'm, I'm a married man. I met a girl. If I'd come forward, hey, things would have... Hey. You let me do 12 years because you were cheating on your wife? 
Hey, for all I know, you could have killed those people after we talked. Oh. Patrick! You, you should have found him. Even if we had found him, he doesn't get you off at all. Yes, he does! No, he just confirms you were at the scene, ready to drive the getaway car. That's all the jury needs! Only if I knew! And I told you I had no idea what the hell Mickey was going to do. Even so! Intent, counsel. Intent. Look it up. I did. Mens Reis. If I didn't know what he was going to do... But you helped him get away! He never got in the car! But still, it was only your word! Why? He never got in the car in Harvard Yard! I wanted on a 14! Shut 14! Would I flag a guy down if I was there to commit a crime? In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. 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 See, actually, they're... Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Thank you. Massachusetts. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, they're actually talking about an interesting point here because I thought uh, when, I was, when I started watching this is that he was driving a getaway car for this crime, in which case the the guy driving the getaway car is every bit as culpable for the crime as the guy who pulls the trigger, which is what they're discussing here. But if he didn't know that a crime was going to be committed, then that's no longer true. And in in this case, not only did he not know that a crime was going to be committed, he did not help his buddy get away, according to him. That's true. Interesting. Shall it's I... hard to get all those distinctions when we're shouting! Never thought about that, did you, counsel? You see that look on your face? That's the look of a guilty man. Good shot, them seeing themselves in the reflection on the television. What about previous threats? Did Bobby have any recent run-ins with clients or witnesses that might have a vendetta? We usually win. No threats? No client you've screwed over? What? I didn't screw anybody over. We may have a break. Well, what? you did a put a guy into prison Bobby's without a car. trial. Name's but, Rooney. Know. Patrick Kevin Rooney. But it was for the greater good. Patrick Rooney. I think we had a client with that name, but that was a long time ago. Makes sense. He just finished 12 years at Cedar Junction. A manslaughter deal. I remember because I just started working here. I think it's from Southie. Yeah, we're going over his full oh, history now, but deal. we'll need whatever you still have. Mid-trial. Becca really put that together fast. Well, she's bright. Okay. Okay, maybe I should have found it. You screwed So since that's up. true, I do think that it's cool that it that it it goes back to back with an episode in which we see one of those deals kinds of deals being made. It's and, almost like we see the consequence of it. Right. Interesting. Yeah, no, totally right. You screwed up. I didn't catch that. And if I did, it's too late to change the past. You, you want me to try to get the record expunged? Hey, you know what got expunged? 12 years of my yeah, life. Yeah, you've made that very clear, 12 Donnie. Years. I've heard about the 12 years. What about the 10 <laughs> years before point. that? When you were out committing aggravated assault and, and knocking off liquor stores? The 10 years before that. That's the reason I didn't put you in the witness chair. The 10 years before that. Was the reason that you assumed that I was guilty. 
Maybe it was, and I'm to blame, but so are you. Who you were went into my thinking. What you were. You have to take some kind of responsibility for that. Oh, Seymour. Seymour, are you in there, Seymour? Community Theater production of Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, indeed. This is Paula Malcolmson, who you have seen in everything, including she's Trixie on Deadwood. She plays Katniss's mother on The Hunger Games and AI and Ray Donovan, Caprica, Sons of Anarchy. And she was on Star Trek Enterprise as Madeline Reed in the episode Silent Enemy. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. Patrick, Super psyched to see her. She's an amazing actress. Oh, I gotta show you something. No, hey. no, no, no. Oh, now he's taking her in the house, so you know what that means. You know what he's saying to her. Listen, I'm sorry. I can't let you leave. Patrick. Come on. Oh my god. I love how, like, you let the scene run as this is happening. This terrified woman has a gun to her head. And we're listening to new kids. Sit down. Listen. Hey. Look, I didn't want you to see me like this the first time. But I don't have any choice now. What are you talking about? You, have, you did this. You see. Because of them, I lost you. Lost everything. What? They'll tell you I was innocent. You tell her what happened. He's, he's innocent. Well, see, first he got a hanger, and then he attached it to this rifle. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a big arts and crafts Why thing. Why are you doing this? Susie, please, I'm not going to hurt you. I promise. Just, just stay right here, okay? Relax. Okay? I'm going to get you something to drink. I'll get you some tonic, all right? You want some chips? Tonic? Two men a gunpoint and you're offering me chips. Come on, Patrick. Leave her out of this. Leave her out of it? I have a plan, Bobby, and I'm taking it. Leave her out of this? She is the reason you're here right now. And she's the only reason that you're still alive. You understand me? I should me? never have given you that time to load that up. <laughs> Cue up. Do kids. Oh, we also learned JC. Well, who is it, honey? Nice who are the other two members? You had, you know, I don't see any <laughs> dates on these and... folders. Keep looking. What exactly are we looking for? Again? Jordan. Court docs, Jordan Knight. Work Jordan. List of personal contacts. Anybody or anything that can help us. We're gonna be here all night. I don't know why we're so shocked. Excuse me, I meant You're complaining about working late when somebody's at gunpoint. I'm serious, Eugene. Clients always blame their lawyers, even in civil cases. Our clients are murderers half the time going in. The bigger surprise is that this doesn't happen more often. Well, to be fair, point. true, but, you know, you were almost murdered by a nun. You were also, yeah. That's that, true. More it's that. happened pretty often to, yeah. <laughs> to everybody. You've this is a... like the the number one firm for being assaulted by a former client. Attempted homicide. Also assaulting clients. Hmm. Uh, Jordan, uh, Danny Wood. 
Danny Wood was the other new kid on the blocker. Ah. I don't think she needed to hear that. No, I don't think she did. Eleanor's bedside manner disappeared between episodes. I am sure he is okay. You can't be sure of that. I mean, who are we kidding? If this was a revenge thing, the likelihood is he's dead. We both know it. We don't know anything. This doesn't fit any sort of typical... We haven't article. heard from him. I mean, this Rooney guy? I mean, why, why would he be taking him hostage? Unclear. We both know the statistics, Helen. And the longer he's missing, we'll find him. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can handle this, Helen. We'll find him. Got it. What has she got? Rooney had to send a copy of his appellate papers to his grandfather, Seamus Rooney. The address is right there. All right, let's call McGuire. I love how, like, they're doing the detective work, and they're going to call the detective. Right. We'll make some move until we get there, understood? Helen, I'm going with you. We're all going. Let's just go. I can't say no to this firm. I'll let them do whatever they want. Want a drink, Susie? I could use one after the talk with a realtor, I'll tell you that much. I thought you knew. Oh, she's, she's pregnant. Twelve years. You don't come to see me once. I should have figured it out, huh? I loved you, Patrick. What kind did of future did I have with you? It's a fair question. Especially after. Joey was already taken, so I had to settle for one of you. I got the other got Wahlberg. Kids. So was Mark. Mark was also taken. Two. Pictures. Yeah. And after you cut your mullet, I didn't understand. That's Jake. I wonder whose kids those actually Seven. are. And, um, it's Johnny. That sweater. It's three. So this is the first time she's seen him since he's been out of prison. So he went right. He's been planning this for quite a while. Yeah, and first time, and she never visited him in she prison. She stuck by me. Help me through the trial. Good tear. She's such a good actress. I saw the Watson in seventh grade. You don't even come see me at the trial. She was a character witness, Patrick. Her testimony wasn't important. Hey, it was important to me. Yeah, okay, we got it. You're very angry. She knew me. Thought if I could make anyone understand, it would have been you. Now look at her. We were going to get married. Some we were going to go to the MTV Music there. Awards together. and have a conversation with me. <laughs> I was going to do a guest spot on Deadwood. This could have been my life. 
Patrick Rooney. This oh, is the shit. PD. It sounded like Jimmy for a second. <laughs> Jimmy the Grunt. Oh, shit. Well, just shout out the one. No one will yeah. get hurt if you do as we say. What is his game plan? Clearly not a peaceful resolution. Yeah, I got people like, in here. Like right from day one, Rudy. what was his game plan? Let's talk this out, Patrick. Tell me what's going on. Oh my God. Now, look, any of the strategies are gonna be crazy, right? But a more coherent strategy would have been, well, I'm going to get my lawyer and this witness into the same room so that I can have them explain to my girl that I was innocent so that she forgives me. I could buy that as like a crazy plan sure. to get the girl sure. back. But it seems like everything he's done thus far is just a, there's no positive resolution for him. He either gets shot by the hostage police or sent back to prison. Yeah, and he's like, he, he wasn't, uh, because he'd already been released, it wasn't like he was trying to prove his innocence so he'd get out of jail. He was already out of jail. So unless he was trying to get his record expunged or something, but since he already had a record, like, it's not, you know, like, what would that necessarily change? Yeah. I'm just unclear. He's got are Bobby okay? held We're at gunpoint right. through a window. How many are you? Three. Hey. Hold it right there. I said get back. There's actually four of you, but whatever. I'm not on, Patrick. It also looks See? like there's a for rent sign Burn on me. the apartment. Get it is back. Her, yes. That they're holed up Come in. On, so maybe it's not his grandma. I want to help you. Gonna lose Tell me what you want. Deposit. We'll work it out. Talk to him. Shut up. It's not too late to end this all peacefully. Patrick, you can, you can get out of this. Tell me what an offer. What are you talking about? No. Talk deal and we'll consider. Bobby. A deal. Give us something to work with. You speaking for Rooney? No. No. Yeah, that was a big swing by Bobby there. Yeah. Well, he's got to use his tools. He's a lawyer. You gotta use what you got. Get what you want. It's still unclear as to when the hostages now were abducted. Nighttime. Our sources say it began in the morning. We do know that the suspect's <laughs> name is Patrick Kevin Rooney, released Detailed just three sources. days ago from Tell Peter Johnson. Yeah. Wait, wait, back up to the very beginning of that scene. Homicide. Are we at thirty forty? No, 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 we're not. We Never do mind. know Keep that going. the suspect's name is Patrick Kevin Rooney, released just three days ago from Cedar Junction after is serving like 12 years for a double stand -up? homicide. One of the hostages is Robert Donnell, the attorney of record who handled Mr. Rooney's murder trial 12 years ago. Yeah, mishandled is more like it. Patrick, you gotta decide what you wanna do here. What do you want me to do? You want me to make a deal, huh, Bobby? You want me to make a deal so you can go on with your life? No. Not this time. No deals. Can't you see the man's trying to help you, Patrick? No, 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 What, no, you want to no die deal. here in your grandfather's house? Real nice for his memory. Oh, this is his grandfather's house. Yeah, but he died. So maybe they're ready to get out. Let a clean shot there. Why don't you take it? We try so, to negotiate. There's a little audio cue there. Of the of the radio, the cops' radio going, mm -hmm. right? That is, I, I they used it on Grand Theft Auto Two, and I played that incessantly. So I I heard that cue over and over and over and over again. The second so you now, trigger the 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 star uh, warning, yeah, something like that. And so 
what I've now, because I, I've like imprinted on that sound, you hear that in everything. Every mm. movie with a cop, every TV show with a cop scene, it, the multiple times on a certain series, it's sort of like the Wilhelm scream of cop radios, like, and I hear it constantly now. It's so weird. Like thousands of things they've used that. The radio squelch. It also reminds me what? of that, like, they play at the very, very, it's the first audio cue at the beginning of the cop's theme song back in the day. Before, bad boys, what you want, it's... Right, right. Well, it, it's more specific than just the squelch. It's like, squelch, squelch, it's like this woman's voice. You're going to hear it all the time. It's crazy. This isn't good. The guy's ain't even making any demands. Which means? Which means he hasn't got a plan, which means he's probably out of control. You should just take him out. Well, let's hope they can. wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, you did this. Come out now and we'll work something out. Clearly not in that version. He promised. Shut up, you. Patrick, your mission here, as I understand it, was to show me and Susie that you didn't do the crime. To convince me that I screwed up by not believing you and finding this witness. You've done all this. That was only half of my mission. The other half was to kill you. Then do it! And get it over with! I can also do it! In which case, the police will be charging in to shoot you! Stop it! Me too! There is a way out. Let me talk to them. If I can get you out of this, Patrick, let me try. A quick reminder try. that Rosie O'Donnell was in this episode. <laughs> True. Want to die here, Patrick? You can't want to die. Human shield. Human shield. You hear me? It's reverse Bobby McRambo. Hold up, everybody. Hold up. Hold up. Don't shoot Bobby. We're ready to talk. All right, Bobby. Go to the phone. Not you, Mike. Someone who can make good. Everyone goes free in exchange for charges dropped. Bobby. Helen. That's the way it's got to be. Can you hear us? No. That's the offer. Uh, all right. Tell him. Tell him to send out the hostages, and we will drop all charges. That won't work. You got to do better than that. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll keep the parole violation. So I imagine that in almost, almost, ninety percent of hostage negotiate negotiations. At one point, the deal is drop the charges and everybody can go free, right? Because clearly you want to get the hell out of there. Right, right. Has that ever happened? I don't know of any incident in which that happened. and I, I, it, it couldn't happen in something that was so widely publicized like, because like, you certainly don't have... want it getting out that they're willing to do that. So the D, But here, I guess the insinuation is that the DA has the ability to cut that deal. 
I guess so. They can cut any sort of deal. Not bring I, charges. I don't know, I guess. But I I think that would be a very, very bad precedent to set. Roger Stone. All I have to do to get out of trouble is kidnap somebody. Whatever. You're not listening. He's All not do doing lick time. The lick the president's We agree to no apparently. time or there's no deal. Pass. The guy's got a gun. He's about to shoot me. Okay. Uh, Tastes like Cheetos. I'm just going to keep talking so it looks like we're responding. <laughs> uh, Lindsay's doing okay. We're all taking care of her. Bobby, Most delicious we'll asshole out. you've ever It's the only deal we're making. <laughs> okay, here's the offer. They won't file in kidnapping, assault, or false imprisonment. But the parole violation stands. No. Patrick, this is on the news. They can't just tell the public they let you walk free. I have Helen Gamble's word she'll agree to a suspended sentence on the parole violation, so in essence, you will be walking free. No judge is going to sign off on that. The judge will go along if we can show you were wrongly convicted. We'll need you for that. Fine. You well done, Seymour. This, Patrick. Lawrence Arancio. Arancio, everyone. It's not too late. It's not too late. I want your life ruined. I want your life ruined just like you ruined mine. Patrick, you want the world to know that you're not a murderer. No, I want them to know I wasn't that murderer. This murderer, I'm quite happy to be, apparently. I want to go back to prison. No. Seems unlikely. You just you leave kidnapped last. three people and assaulted them. We're told the police have established dialogue with the suspect and an arrangement may have been made to release the hostages. How the hell were you told that? What is happening? The damn I'm leaks. Not sure. You're exposition TV. Seymour's out. I have no idea. Suddenly, Seymour. He's running outside the door. It wasn't good. Yeah. I'm low cow, Keith. It's bad. It's bad. You started high cow, but now you're stressed out it, homeowner, Keith. I, I know. It's like I'm totally killed by my buzzkill. I didn't do it. I know, Patrick. I know. Paula Malcolmson is really good. She's amazing. I'm sorry. She has had a tremendous career. Sorry. She's Irish. Maybe I'm Keith, I, I pat, our, pat us on the back because clearly we had a little something to do with that career, didn't we? Via some sort of time wormhole portal by giving her the oopsie bump. Oh, uh, possibly. Possibly. We'll see. Now she's walking free. As we you let her go. Fade to commercial. Alan. But now we're back. You got a girl? Engaged. Engage! She's out there. Encourage. Scared to death. 
special, huh? Yeah. <gasps> Look, I'm sorry I should have found that witness. I'm sorry. talked about the, the 10 years before. My priors. The last two, I was clean. I have to get my life together. Maybe I could have been a lawyer or something, who knows. Would any deal hold up? It really wouldn't matter what the DA was offering in terms uh -oh. of the plea. This is on they the TV that's on in the corner. The suspect anything under the sun and then vitiate the deal on grounds of duress. So what's interesting is that what does vitiate mean? What the hell does vitiate mean? It's a good question. There's no deal, is there? <laughs> you screwed me again. The DA, she agreed. So. Holy shit. Is there a deal or not? There's a deal. Bobby. Get her out of here. We can't he tell exactly Bobby? what's going on, but we just heard the sound of gunfire from within the house where the gunman is still holding Bobby Donald, is it sweet, the sweet? Boston attorney. It's the only way to know Sierra for sure. One, if you can get a shot. Patrick. They've got a sniper. Patrick, if you could hear me. Dial the number. Patrick, pick up the phone. Let's talk. I need you to answer the phone. Mainstream media ruining everything. Vitiate. Oh, Bobby's still alive. He's got Bobby held at gunpoint. He's got the spotlights on him. And he dies. Patrick. You hear me? What do you want? I want you to send in the district attorney. Good work by Kelly Williams there. And only her. Patrick, we can't. I know she's out there. Send her in. You got a shot? Barely. Patrick, release Mr. Donald, and we'll send in the DA. No, no way. Patrick, please. You send her in right now or he dies. If you release Mr. Donald. He dies on the count of three. Do you understand me? Let me go. Not a chance. One. Patrick. Two. Take him. Oh, shit. Damn. That was graphic. Sniper just took out a new kid. Not hanging so tough anymore. That was a headshot, and it was damn close to Bobby's head. It sure was. I guess that was the end of the line, though. And I guess I was very wrong, because it seems like their relationship has now been solidified rather than... Uh, yeah, this was, uh, turns out this episode was less about cold feet. One single gunshot wound to the head. Mr. Rooney went down immediately. The hostage, Robert Donnell, was unhurt. Because he Patrick wasn't so tough. Was Dashing all scene. hopes for an NKOTB reunion. Mike McGuire spoke later about the incident. So now we're watching Bobby and Lindsay in bed. 
Interesting. So, behind their invitations? bed. Hold on. Behind their bed. Above Bobby's head. Do you see that? Is a laser disc player? It is a laser disc player, and yeah, behind his head. Or is that maybe it's a five CD changer? It could be. It could be. Yeah. So about those invitations. I hate to bring it up, but we really need to get a move uh, on. We, uh, you know, Rosie O'Donnell was yelling at us and saying we need to get this done. I did screw up his case. Bobby. I was right out of school. Taking three assignments at a clip, 17 hours a day, trying to scratch. I trusted the DAs then. They told me the guy was guilty. I believed him. I probably did push that deal on him without even bothering to track down the witness. Took one look at his rap sheet and prejudged him. And I doubt, I doubt it was the only time. I thought I'd lost you. The whole time, all I could see was your face. And green and gold. It's over. Impact. I love Bobby and Lindsay. All I can see now is his face. It's his. Yes! Good performance by Dylan here, though. Oh, so good. He's like, don't you forget, this is my show. <laughs> All right, there it was. Wow, folks. that was. A cuckoo bananas episode of the practice. Cuckoo bananas. Okay, we have now just watched the practice season four, episode sixteen, and we are settling into take five of this segment. What no. is going to happen? I'm. I am. <laughs> oh, you all right? So you you put the old timer up there. Yeah, I am yeah. really curious to see what's going to explode when you uh recap this episode for the fifth time <laughs> it's really something really something special happening for some this might be reason. a record i don't think we've ever done five takes of a segment before we don't do multiple takes unless something crashes there's no reason it should have crashed like it did though that's the whole first segment of the show was great i think who knows when i go back who, and watch yeah, it yeah there i'm might not pretty be nervous now it's gonna right, be well, uh we're gonna be you, audio only this week you know what it's time for it is time for... Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Donnie Wahlberg appears, and he kidnaps Bobby because Bobby screwed the pooch on his case 12 years ago, sent him to prison after cutting a deal. Now Donnie was, is enacting his revenge, uses Bobby and some other guy named Seymour to convince Donnie's girlfriend that he actually was innocent. But after proving that he was innocent, he's left with nothing to do, so he tries to cut a weird deal to get out of any sort of trouble, but Ray Abruzzo gets the firing squad to shoot him dead, and Bobby goes home, shaken, but still in love with Lindsay. And Rosie O'Donnell's there. And Rosie is in, and Rosie is in it. <laughs> Rosie is there. <laughs> okay, well, at the risk of 
everyone's sanity. It is time for everyone's favorite fake award show. Oh, yeah, there's an intro. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the Oopsies? Well, the Oopsies are a fake awards show that we do at the end of every episode of The Practice and of Out of Practice, and we begin, as always, with... Well, what's interesting here is that... Well, there's a lot of things interesting (laughs) taking place... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what's interesting is that uh, not a lot of we never saw the inside of a courtroom that's right right. and the whole episode is predicated on the fact that Bobby was a not the most valuable lawyer like a bad lawyer right right Uh, you know interestingly also Rebecca sort of figured the case out before anybody else did um I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I def- well, what do you I, think? I, it's clearly Rebecca. Yeah. Because A, Rebecca remembered the case and the basic details of it, then used that recollection to go and find in their records the address of the grandfather. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca clearly saved the day using her lawyer skills. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, yeah. She's, Rebecca Washington. She's clearly the MVL for this uh, show about settling. <laughs> which is also out of practice. What, what we're going to have to do with this episode is just settle for yeah, whatever. We are settling for whatever is happening here with the new program, which didn't work last week, but you're like, let's do it again. I really thought I solved it. <laughs> I, I did really not. thought I solved it is the subtitle for out of practice. I really did not oh. solve it. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have an important category called... Already famous because you've been on TV Getting a paycheck First entry on your IMDb Way to go But you're the best guest actor You are the best guest actor You are the best guest actor on the episode Okay, best guest actor well, here, Keith, before we get to the actual best guest actor, we're going to do what we seldom do, which is give out a honorable mention. Oh, and our, this might be our first honorable mention? An honorable mention slash unnecessary guest actor? Oopsie? Uh, I Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Jorge, we're going to have to add something to the spreadsheet. Yeah, so this is going to go, that goes to, to Rosie O'Donnell, who was in a scene... Because reasons? <laughs> well, I have... Wait, wait, wait. I actually have a... Conspiracy theory. Okay. My conspiracy theory is that for some reason... And I don't know if 
I had I should have to better podcast would look up and see what lot the Rosie show filmed on. Mm. But I think she was just there on the lot and they're like, hey, you want to do one scene as a cameo? And they like rewrote the scene on the back of a napkin and threw Rosie into it because she just happened to be there. That's possible. Uh, right now, I'm going to show the picture that I guess you guys didn't hear. Uh, I guess you did because you definitely went back and listened to the episode. You're not oh, just obviously you listen yeah. to the episode. There's no way you would just watch. Think about that. <laughs> just really think through the logic of that. So they're like, I really, really want to watch this uh, podcast about the practice, but. I would really like to cut out all of the parts that are about the practice and just watch these two narcissists on webcams gibber at each other. So we're going to show the bit. Uh, my wife mentioned the picture that was in the paper. Since we can't credit the actual photographer because we don't know who took the picture, we're not going to show the picture as it appeared in the paper. We're just going to show the picture. Uh, here it is. Wow, isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. What a, what a great picture. A so great this picture. this... When we see it, it will be uh, it'll be Jen with Rosie O'Donnell and Harvey Firestein in the two thousand four, two thousand three, uh, the second two thousand four revival of Fiddler at the Minskoff Theater on the Broadway, and uh, I'm really excited to see that picture. So the actual best guest actor in my humble wait did opinion, you did you show the picture or are you going to add it in post? Oh, well, I'm not touching anything, so the, that will definitely be in post. But the, the, all right. The, oh wow, it was so good. Look, look at that. Wait, here it is. Look no, no, no. Picture. We're off screen. This is above. It's totally taking up the full frame. It'll make it look pretty. <laughs> I'm gonna have so many mea culpas in the editing department. Uh, I think the actual best guest actor has to go to. Now you would think Donnie Wahlberg would hang tough, but I don't think he's the best guest actor. No. Oh. He is the most on-screen best guest actor. But as we've learned from our good friend Phoenix, that's not always what it's about, is it? I think the best performance given by a best guest actor, <laughs> I'm just saying best a lot, the best performance given by a guest actor, in my opinion, this episode is Paula Malcolmson, who played Susie Green, or Donnie's girlfriend, who was, every scene she's in in this episode is high stakes, high stress, and she is excellent. I'll let you expound. Yeah, I, I do think that she was she's excellent. She's always excellent. She frequently plays characters in great distress. She's made a she's made a career out of playing characters in great distress because apparently that's easy to access for her poor thing. Uh, anyway, she's really, really terrific in it. However, for the guy who uh, spent most of the podcast making fun of, Don't play more than just a few seconds. Oh, right. Oh, well, I forgot we're back on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. No, no, I think well, that was, wasn't enough. No, we're, we're definitely going to get... <laughs> we are absolutely going to get clocked for that. Well, <laughs> we're going to get clocked. He did a lot of clocking of other actors. <laughs> what looked like possibly really doing it. But I actually thought Donnie Wahlberg did a very good and credible job in this episode. And I think began to show 
a lot more range than just being in a boy band. He's he's a real actor, and I thought he did a really good job in this. It's a very uh, sort of like intense and visceral performance. I would like to see a little bit more vulnerability there, but I thought he did a very uh, good job. So my half of the oopsie goes to none other than new kid on the block, Donnie Wahlberg. So congratulations on Paula Malcolmson and Donnie Wahlberg for your best guest actor, which brings us to... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Uh, I think it's Bobby's episode, though Kelly Williams does some great acting. In fact, the whole, the whole troupe does. And even uh, Helen Gamble has some really kind of, uh, excuse me, uh, Lara Flynn Boyle does some great stuff. Uh, but I think Bobby showed why he's, or Dylan McDermott showed why he's so excellent in the role of Bobby Donnell. Uh, high stakes, plus playing both sides of the plot. And also a really awesome, you know, even though it really wasn't about Lindsay, in mm-hmm. the end when they have that scene where they sort of make it about Lindsay, I thought he really sold that even though it was sort of like kind of quick at the end. So uh, Dylan McDermott is my Oopsie Award winner for Best Actor. Yeah, uh, it, clearly. Clearly. He had to sort of carry an entire episode, at least from our main cast perspective, and do a lot of reacting and a lot of uh, reacting to a very big performance and being able to match it. And I thought he really did. And I loved the beat at the end. And uh, yeah, clearly. Dylan McDermott, congratulations on your oopsie for season four, episode 16, which brings us to the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Totally. So. So last week, the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady went to, uh, where did it go? Oh, the Fonz, Tom Brady, which uh, Michael Iden post. (laughs) 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 Sorry, sorry, your weekend disappeared. It's so funny. Just so fast. It's gone. Yeah. Well, not (laughs) if none of this recorded. So in which case, it'll be pretty easy. It's true. That will, will just be audio. Old school. So who does the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady go to? For the Out of Practice Podcast, season four, episode 16. Well, I think that it only makes sense this week to throw it to New Kid on the Brady. Ah! Yes. Like. Yeah. I was I was gonna go hostage Tom Brady, but New Kid on the Brady is even better. Yeah, because yeah. I wanna I can't so, gonna, the question is are you gonna put a sixth new kid in or are you gonna just replace one of them with Brady? We'll have to see. I don't know, but anything could happen. So congratulations to new kid on the Brady who wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Or do you think it's Which... better if it's hanging Tom? <laughs> That's probably a bad idea. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Uh, okay, well, new kid on the Brady, congratulations, which mercifully leaves us with only one thing to do, and that is... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to Well, up until this last fiasco, I would say that I had one of my more entertaining times doing the Oops episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a Bobby McRambo in reverse. It was right. like a McRambo three where he's being held 
captive and has to escape. Really enjoy that. Uh, I thought the plot was pretty sound. I thought the stakes were high. It's different. It's a different show because there was no legal drama taking place, really. Right, right. And even the relitigation of his case, which I thought we would do a lot of more flashbacks and we'd be really kind of, even that was really not taking place. They they figured out that pretty quickly. It was sort of more a Law & Order SVU type of episode. Yeah, yeah. It was It was like a 90s like action film. Like Morgan Freeman would be in it. And I like guess Ashley they just Judd. used Rosie for all the promos, I guess, because she was pretty pretty popular at the time. Maybe? Right, right. Uh, re- regardless, I'm going to say seven spare tires. Seven spare tires. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. And yeah, I, I think this was during Sweeps Weeks. Sweeps Week. Um, so probably why... We shoehorned in a new kid and Rosie. Uh, I'm torn. I'm I'm really torn about this episode because it was entertaining, um, but it didn't feel like an episode of the practice. Right. It didn't feel earned. It felt kind of out of nowhere. And it, I, I'm not averse to the old client you fucked over 15 years ago comes back and... Uh, you know, goes for revenge. Like that's that's a perfectly valid uh, plot point. But I wish that they had, I wish the case itself had been more interesting. Mm. That what was interesting about it were the stakes, but right. not what happened in the past that we were relitigating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it all sort of came out a little tidy. That said, uh, I thought the performances were good. It was shot well. It was it was compelling. For right. sure. Um, but did it feel earned? And do I feel like it, it feels like a like a shoehorned one-off? Like I'll be curious to see if the consequences of this continue uh, past this episode or whether this is sort of like a little fever dream of an episode. Uh, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with a number because I... I liked it, but I didn't. Uh, so I'm going to give it 6.5 spare okay. tires. So math. So math. So uh, 6.75 spare tires. Okay. Well, you have made your way through once again through another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. If you would like to reach us, look, we have a contact sheet. On Facebook and Instagram, we are at Out of Practice. You can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our blog, which I'll update soon, I pray. I, I promise. At Out of Practice. Oh, God. Out of Practice Podcast at blogspot.com. Join the jury, but don't judge us on this episode. And leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service. Just let us know. You can donate to the pod by talk with what Mike says with his As mouth. As always, you can donate to the show in one of two ways, a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. You can find the appropriate links to do so in our show notes. We'd like to thank all of our current and future sponsors for helping us keep the show going somehow and to anyone who engages with us on social media. You can also support the show, did you know, by leaving a review, as Keith mentioned, but also by recommending the show to a friend who might enjoy our nonsense or watching the practice for the first time. Now, Keith, I need you to do me a favor. Yeah. 
I need to grab your phaser, affix a hanger yeah. to it, wrap it around your old lawyer's neck, call up Rosie O'Donnell, tell her you're in town, and fire off some laser sounds. Laser sounds! Pew pew. Pew pew indeed. <laughs>